0: you would be mindful of us what do you
1: Oh, well, good morning, Southview. How are we? Welcome. Glad that you're here today. If you're a guest with us, my name is Brad. I'm the pastor here at Southview, and it's so great to have you with us here today, worshiping the Lord together. Uh, If you are a guest with us, we'd love to connect with you, and the best and easiest way you can do that is simply by grabbing your cell phone and texting the word CONNECT. To our number on the screen at 910-424-1298, just simply text connect, we'll send you a link, tap on that. Fill out a couple of questions just so we can know how to minister to you in the best way possible. But for everyone here, uh, we have a few big announcements we want everyone to know about, things that are going on. Our big three for this week, number one, VBS registration. We are one week in counting away from VBS that's going to start next monday. Very excited. We got a lot of things we got going on this week getting ready for that. Best thing you can do if you have a child is to go ahead and pre-register them. You do that by simply texting the word the letters VBS to our number 910-424-1298. Just text VBS and get them registered so we're set and ready for them next monday. Second, daddy-daughter dance. That's going to be June 19th. You can sign up, you and your daughter, by texting DANCE to 910-424-1298. Again, that's June 19th. And then the last one I want everyone to know about is this. This year, July 4th, is on a Sunday. So we're going to be having one service on July 4th, all right? One service at 11 o'clock. So you can come to the 930, but you're going to be sitting in here by yourself, all right? 11 o'clock, one service, no journey group, no kids ministry, no youth, just one service at 11 o'clock on July 4th. We're going to be talking about the Christian Dependence Day on our Independence Day. So come and be a part of that, July 4th, one service, 11 o'clock. And then for anything else uh, that's going on around here, journey groups, giving online, any other announcements, you can just download the app, uh, iTunes or Google Play. Uh, Download the app to give, to find a journey group, to register, sign up for anything that's going on, uh, and that'll keep you updated and connected with everything happening here at Southview. And then one last announcement, next Sunday, June 6th, directly after the 11 o'clock service, we're going to have a quick family business meeting in the FLC about um, uh, reallocating some funds to fix the air conditioning in the FLC. You can find some information at the welcome desk in the back if you'd like to find out more about that. But that's going to be next Sunday, again, after that 11 o'clock service. But for today, I want to set the stage for us. We're going to be uh, doing a little something different. We're taking a step out of the book of Acts today, and we're going to be focusing in on the Lord's Supper. Um, Memorial Day is a perfect weekend to do this. And as we focus on the Lord's Supper, I want to read a scripture to you to kind of set set our hearts in a certain direction. 1 Corinthians chapter 11, verses 27 and 28. Listen to what God says to us about the Lord's Supper. Whoever therefore eats the bread and drinks the cup of the Lord in an unworthy manner will be guilty concerning the body and the blood of the Lord. Let a person examine himself then... And so eat the bread and drink the cup. Uh, the Lord's Supper is a time it's a time of examination and grace. It's a time where we allow the Holy Spirit to search our hearts, convict us of sin, as we trust in the finished work of Jesus Christ to cleanse us from sin and empower us to walk in righteousness. And that's what we want to set our hearts on today. And this scripture gives us two things to think about. It gives us a warning, and it gives us a command. All right, so first, the warning. tells us there in verse 27, not to take the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner. And if you do, you are guilty concerning the body and the blood of the lord so to take the lord's supper in an unworthy manner means to do it flippantly casually to not really think much about what it is that's going on here to not be serious about it and it says if you do that you possibly could be guilty of again um, uh, the body and the blood of the lord which literally means to be sinning against jesus himself so to do what we're going to do today in a casual flippant manner A way that isn't reflective isn't serious you could find yourself eating and drinking judgment on yourself sitting against Jesus Christ so how do we do this how do we what are ways that we can be guilty of this of of taking the Lord's Supper in an unworthy manner when we fail to appreciate What it is that this symbolizes that Jesus Christ loved his church and gave himself up for us. When we fail to realize that we must fall under conviction of our sinful attitudes and actions that that run contrary to the life of Jesus Christ. When we fail to turn from those sinful attitudes and actions and just allow them to stay in our lives. and We know they're there. We allow them to stay there, and then we just walk in here and take part in this service. We're doing it in an unworthy way. So, to combat that, it gives us verse 28, a command. What does it tell us in verse 28? Let a person examine himself then, and so eat the bread and drink the cup. The word examine means to test, to scrutinize, to make sure something is genuine or not. And it's interesting, kind of one of the ways that this word would be used is in the marketplace. So people were in the marketplace um, selling pottery. So if they're making a pot and the pot accidentally cracks, what the merchant would do sometimes is take wax, melt the wax, fill in the gap with the wax, paint it so that it all looks good and then sell it But if you bought that, took it home, filled it with some kind of hot liquid or substance, that wax would melt, it would drain away, and then your pot starts to leak, You, your cracked pot. And so literally what this word means is as you're going through the marketplace buying pottery, you have to first take that pot, hold it up against the light, and let the light of the sun shine in to expose any cracks that were trying to be hidden. Brothers and sisters, 1 Corinthians eleven twenty eight. 28, that's exactly what it's telling you to do today. Take your life and hold it up against the light of Jesus Christ in his word and let God expose any cracks that are there that you've either consciously or unconsciously tried to cover up. And if God reveals something to you, want to encourage you. Remember, the whole point of the Lord's Supper is that God gives grace and forgiveness through the death, burial, and resurrection of Jesus Christ. The whole point of God showing you sin in your life is not to to beat you down. The whole point of showing sin in your life is to show you this is not what Jesus Christ gave his life for. You have been set free from this. Turn from it and let Jesus Christ empower you to experience full, real, complete freedom. It's good good thing when God exposes sin, because He's trying to set your life right so that you can experience the fullness of joy that only comes through Him. So, for about the next 15 minutes, our band is going to lead us. And as they're doing that, my prayer for you is that you would not just sing along but you would allow this to be a time for God to search your heart. Because here's what I'm going to do. I'm going to, I'm going to sit over here and I'm going to worship and I'm going to pray and I'm going to ask God to show things in my life and as he does I'm going to confess that sin and ask him for the empowerment to turn from that sin and I'm going to take my life and set it up against the light of Jesus Christ and his word and allow him to show me any cracks in my heart and ask him by his grace and power to fill them up encourage you to do the same so that we come back together and share in this communion time we're going to be able to do it full of joy because we know and are experiencing the fact that we are doing this understanding that Jesus Christ came to set me free and I am walking in that freedom so Lord I, I thank you for this and I ask you Lord that you by your grace would do this work in us I pray, God, that you would show sin. I pray, God, that you would reveal sin. But, God, not for the purpose of just pointing us out and calling us out, but, God, for the purpose of showing us the fullness of life that you desire. Convicting us of sin so that we can turn from that and walk in the fullness of joy and freedom that you've given us, Jesus. Do your great work today in us, Holy Spirit us to examine ourselves in light of who you are, Jesus, and the newness of life that you give us. Thank you. We pray this in your name. Amen. Let's stand.
0: you require of believers is a, a broken and a contrite heart and your word says that you will not despise those who have that and God I pray, I pray for these believers here today that we would repent of whatever we're carrying in our hearts, if anything God that we would come to your table clean that if we have any offense against them, brother or a sister or anyone that we would take care of that right now here today. God, I pray that we wouldn't just stand and sing, but that we would kneel and repent and worship. So God, I pray that you would do a mighty, mighty work in our hearts. God, I pray for those who have never accepted the saving grace of Christ Jesus, that they would see the saints fall on their faces and repent and celebrate they would find joy and peace in Christ alone. Lord, move in your people today. Cause us to worship for your glory. In Christ's name.
2: Oh God,
0: the spirit moves, church. You're free to pray. You're free to pray over a brother and sister. rest in that course. God, we need you above all things. God, you may be seated, church.
3: It is, in a way an odd thing to honor those who died in defense of our country in defense of us in wars far away the imagination plays a trick we see these soldiers in our mind as old and wise we see them as something like the founding fathers grave and gray-haired but most of them were boys when they died and they gave up two lives the one they were living and the one they would have lived. When they died, they gave up their chance to be husbands and fathers and grandfathers. They gave up their chance to be revered old men. They gave up everything for our country, for us. We owe them a debt we can never repay. All we can do is remember them, what they did, and why they had to be brave for us.
1: So, because of where we live, Memorial Day tends to hit a little differently here than the majority of the country because uh, there are more than the normal people in this room who have family and friends that you know personally who died while in the act of service. And so... Weekends like this, days like this hit a little differently for us than, like I said, most other communities and most other churches. And so we want to take a little time today and pray. Um, We want to pray specifically for the families of those who, uh, who, families who have lost loved ones while in service, Uh, and then pray for our current military uh, and God's blessings on So if we just bow our heads for a moment, I want to lead us into a little time of prayer. Um, If I'm not going to ask you to stand or raise a hand or anything like that, but but if you specifically, you have either had a family member or a friend lose their life while in service, perhaps you are a service member and someone that you served alongside, lost their life while serving, I want to just specifically pray for you just for a moment, all right? So if you can just kind of tune your your ears and your spirit in just for a moment. Lord, I just pray for these dear people who today, again, hits much differently than it does the majority of America, the majority of our country. Today is really just sort of the uh, informal beginning of summer, Um, but again, for our community, it brings with it much more. So I pray God for those here in this room specifically who have had friends, loved loved ones, family members, um, fellow soldiers lose their life while serving. I pray God for them, Lord, that you would Holy Spirit, you would comfort them like only you can. Holy Spirit, you would minister to them specifically today that they would know, God, that you are there that you love them and that this in no way changes any of that I pray God for those who are currently serving in our military we pray God your safety on them we ask you God that you would protect them and I pray God that you would embolden them to continue to move forward in the mission that you have called them to uh, for our nation but more than importantly that God I, I believe in serving the nation they're ultimately serving you so I pray God your blessings on them in that and I pray, God, for us as a church, you'll give us wisdom and clarity and focus. And, God, just your your spirit anointing to be able to minister to service members and their families as they walk through, um, God, again, this calling. I pray, God, just your blessings on them. I pray, God, your blessings on our community. And, God, that you would give us wisdom and courage and boldness to minister the gospel well in this very strategic, important um just amazing community that you have allowed us to be a part of thank you god for the privilege of serving here and allowing us to have a church right here in this area and i pray god that you would allow us to serve you well for your glory we pray this in jesus name amen amen all right if you have a bible uh like i said we're going to take a little break from our acts study And spend some time today focusing on the Lord's Supper, Communion, Eucharist. Depending on how you grew up and what tradition, you called it different things. But if you have a Bible, I'd encourage you to find 1 Corinthians chapter 11. That's some scripture we're going to be focusing specifically on here for a couple of moments. So the point of Memorial Day uh, is to remember Right, that's that's the whole point. In fact, remember, memorial comes from the same root word. In essence, means don't forget. The idea behind it is there was a, a a sacrifice that was given, and so the call on us on a day like today is to remember the enormity of the sacrifice given in the past. And because we remember that, it changes the way we live currently. That makes sense, right? So you're remembering a sacrifice from the past that impacts the way you live. Today. And, and that is, in essence, exactly what the Lord's Supper is. As Christians, as we think about a day like Memorial Day and sacrifice, it should draw our hearts, our minds, our spirits to the greatest sacrifice ever given, and that is Jesus Christ laying down His life for us. And that's exactly what communion, the Lord's Supper, symbolizes. So I, I want to read for us 1 Corinthians chapter 11. Do this as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as you eat this bread and drink the cup, you proclaim the Lord's death until he comes. Did you catch that word spoken twice there in that text? Remembrance. Again, it comes together perfectly with our weekend. Our big idea is the Lord's Supper is meant to remember and proclaim the work of Jesus Christ in our lives, right? We do this in order to remember. In fact, so the communion table like we have right here, I grew up in a fairly stereotypical Southern Baptist church, and on the front of the table it says, do this in remembrance of me. And as a kid, I didn't understand what all that meant. And so I remember as a kid uh, I, trying to put it all together. I thought whenever we did a funeral, like this was the table that you put the casket on, so that was talking about when people died. like, <laughs> Like, no, wait, that's not right. The whole point of the communion, the whole point of the Lord's Supper is to remember. So communion has its roots actually back in the book of Exodus. So if you're familiar with the story of Exodus, you have the people of God, Israel, who are in slavery in Egypt. God comes with the plagues to deliver them out of Egypt, and then he brings the 10th plague and you see that in exodus chapter 12 and in this 12th in this 10th plague in exodus chapter 12 god gives very specific details here's what you do here's what you eat here's how you eat it here's what you do with the leftovers here's how you dress while you're eating it right gives very specific details about the whole thing then they take this lamb kill it go through that whole process take the blood putting it on the doorpost. and the idea is this is the passover meal so as the death angel from god comes into egypt the death angel sees the blood on the doorpost and quite literally passes over that home and goes to the next hence the passover but this wasn't just a one time event exodus chapter 13 tells them to continuously do this as they enter the promised land as a constant reminder A constant reminder, a memorial day, remembering how God delivered them out of slavery in Egypt and made them free in his people. And it's interesting, when Jesus starts the Lord's Supper, when he institutes the Lord's Supper in the Gospels, he and his disciples are together celebrating the Passover. That's what they're doing. And so literally, as they're taking part in this meal, remembering what God did, Jesus is reinstituting something for his people now. Hey, just like we did this to remember what God did for our forefathers in Egypt, you now go forward doing this, remembering what I am doing for you. We do this as a regular reminder of the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ to set you free. In fact, if you go through the New Testament... The Bible consistently uses this kind of language to describe your walk with Christ. John 8.32, you will know the truth and the truth will set you free. John 8.36, so if the Son sets you free, you will be free indeed. 2 Corinthians 3.17, where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is freedom. Galatians 5.1, for freedom Christ has set us free. Stand firm therefore and do not submit again. To a yoke of slavery when you're taking the lord's supper you're remembering the fact that jesus christ has delivered you from your slavery to sin set you free when you take part in this you're remembering the slavery that used to rule your life you're remembering the depths of the sacrifice jesus experienced to set you free Free. You're remembering the fact that he took you out of that sin and made you brand new. When you take part in this, you are proclaiming to the entire world, I used to be a slave to sin, but Jesus Christ has set me free. So now I live free. I don't live like I used to anymore. I'm free. Which is why we started the service with that previous scripture in First Corinthians chapter 11, encouraging you to examine your hearts. Are there areas in your life that you're not living free? Are there areas of your life where you're not living as someone who has been made new by Jesus Christ? The point of these times with communion is for you to stop and reflect and literally you're holding in your hands a reminder, a symbol, a picture of the sacrifice laid down for you so that you can be free. And since you've been made free, live free. It makes no sense to be set totally free. This amazing, glorious Unbelievable sacrifice laid down for us, for you. And you say that you receive it and you've been made new by it. But there's still parts of your life where you're a little bit enslaved. When we see the level of sacrifice laid down for us by Jesus Christ, when we remember that through times like the Lord's Supper, there it is set in us a a renewed understanding of the life that's been given to us through the death, burial, resurrection of Jesus Christ. One of my favorite movies is Saving Private Ryan. Uh, I've, no lie, watched it in part or in totality, probably somewhere around 30 or 40 times. Um, Mainly because when I was a senior in college, um, I wrote a paper on it. Uh, it, it was for a, a, an organizational management class. And so we had to uh, um, take a movie and kind of break it apart and, and you know apply organizational theory to it and things like that. So I picked Saving Private Ryan. So I sat down and watched that movie back to back to back to back to back to back to back ten times. And as I watched it, it really, as a follower, as a young follower of Jesus Christ in college, as I began to watch that movie over and over and over, God began to really speak to my heart on this. God began to really show me the sacrifice that Jesus Christ laid down for me. So if you're not familiar with the story, so you've got um, uh, a guy by the name of Private James Ryan. He's played by Matt Damon. The story is that uh, James Ryan has a brother. It's in World War II. It's uh, uh, set in World War II. He has a brother uh, who was killed in action. And it's, uh, the decision has been made by the Pentagon that uh, the other brother needs to be found and sent home so that uh, the mom is not going to be receiving two letters from the Department of Defense. And so they go to Captain John Miller, played by Tom Hanks, and ask him to put a team together to go traipse through Europe to go find this Private Ryan, save him, and send him home. And as they go through, um, they're, they're met with intense fighting. Many in that team die in the process. In fact, in the last scenes of the movie Captain Miller the, the character played by Tom Hanks himself they're, they're on a bridge they finally find Private Ryan but as they find him the Germans are coming in so the ends in one big battle and Tom Hanks' character Captain Ryan is mortally wounded on that bridge and he's lying there surrounded by the rest of his men who are themselves severely or mortally wounded And this Private Ryan is kneeling with him. And Captain Miller looks at Private Ryan and says to him, earn this. Earn it. These men gave their lives so that you can go home. Live a life worthy of that. I want you to see just for a moment how he responds.
3: to be honest with you I I wasn't sure how I'd feel coming back here every day I think about what you said to me that day on the bridge I've tried to live my life the best I could I hope that was enough I hope that at least in your
4: John H. Miller.
1: As James Miller goes to, or excuse me, as as James Ryan goes to the grave of John Miller, the man who sacrifices life for him, he is overwhelmed by the understanding that because of the sacrifice that was made for him, his life needed to line up to that. That's why he looks at his wife and says, tell me I'm a good man. Tell me that I've lived a good life. Now for us... We obviously do not earn our salvation. And and there is no way in you that you are going to inherently live a good enough life to be worthy of the sacrifice that Jesus Christ laid down for you. That's not the point. The point is when you see the level of sacrifice that Jesus Christ laid down for you, it drives you to a different kind of living. It drives you to turn from things that do not glorify and honor Him. He gave His life for you. Why would you do anything that, that, that goes contrary to Him? He, he, he gave that level of sacrifice for you. Why would you ever want to do anything that doesn't please Him? So for us here this morning, as we take parts in communion... My question for you Are you living a life that lines up with the sacrifice that has been made for you? I want to ask you to bow your heads just for a moment. We're going to give you a, a couple of minutes to sit before the Lord and. Let him speak to your heart, But when I ask just a couple of questions. First, have you allowed the sacrifice of Jesus to change you and make you new in the first place? Are you even a Christian? Jesus Christ came and he died and he rose again so that you can be set free from your sins, so that you can be made new today. See that Jesus Christ is God and He came and He died and He rose again so that you can be set free. Tell Him right now this morning that you are turning from that old life. You're trusting in Him to take away your sin and to make you new. Today, let Jesus Christ make you new. Say, Jesus, I I confess my sin. take away all of that fill me with your spirit you are now the Lord of my life if you're doing that this morning I want to encourage you when we're done here take part in communion let this be the first meal you take as a Christian what a perfect perfect way to do this of you who are followers of Christ. Have you examined yourself this morning? I'll be honest, for me, as I'm sitting there, there are, cro- there are cracks God is showing in my life. I'm sitting over here and I'm saying, Lord, I confess, I confess, I don't, I don't want that. I want to walk in the fullness of all that you have for me. Are you confessing your sin? Are you being honest about the cracks in your heart's of communion is that jesus christ forgives and redeems and makes new but he only does that when you confess confess and i want to encourage you this morning finish uh, remember the finished work of jesus christ you don't have to live in guilt or condemnation or fear you get to walk in the grace and love of jesus christ because of his finished work on the cross he totally forgives you and makes you new trust him for that just a moment sit before the Lord in prayer prepare your hearts 2 through 24. It says, as they were eating, he took bread, and after blessing it, broke it, and gave it to them, and said, take, this is my body. And he took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, this is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out back of the pew in front of you you should have some cups that look like this you can go ahead and grab those this will have the bread and the juice in with it if you do not have one we have some up front you're welcome to come forward and grab one if you or anyone else needs one Again first with the bread. This bread, as it says here in Mark 14, symbolizes the body of Jesus. And it's so interesting. I love verse 22. took it and broke it symbolizing the body of jesus jesus himself broke it jesus broke his own body the pharisees didn't break jesus the romans didn't break jesus judas did not break jesus your sin did not break jesus jesus broke his own body in john chapter 10 jesus says i have authority to lay my life down when i will and then i'll just pick it back up again and i love in john 18 when soldiers come to arrest Jesus they come looking for Jesus and they say we need Jesus of Nazareth and Jesus says I am he and the power and authority from his voice causes all of the guards there to arrest him to fall down to the point he has to walk over to the guards coming to arrest him and say so, so are you going to arrest me now the point is As you take this bread here today, symbolizing the body of Jesus Christ, what I want to have in our minds is this. This symbolizes Jesus voluntarily choosing before the world was ever created that he was going to have his body broken for you. So it's his conscious voluntary willful decision to lay his body down so that you can be made free. So with that in our minds, this morning, take and eat. Jesus then says in verse 23, He took the cup, and when he had given thanks, he gave it to them, and they all drank of it. And he said to them, This is my blood of the covenant, which is poured out for many. There were four cups of wine that they drank during Passover. This was probably um, the third of the cups when Jesus instituted this, and it's the cup of redemption the cup that remembers the promise God made in Exodus chapter 6 when he says I will redeem you with an outstretched arm with great acts of judgment what he's explaining to us here is when you drink this here today you are remembering the blood of Jesus Christ that was poured out so that you can have a free, total forgiven, complete relationship with God as your father breaking down all barriers, breaking down all hesitations, redeeming you out of your sin and placing you into the family of God. When you drink this here this morning, you're remembering the fact that through the blood of Jesus Christ you were made a child of God. Forgiven, redeemed. So with that in mind, take time here this morning we want to spend one last time worshiping together praising our great god our rock our redeemer i want to encourage you as you sing here in just a moment sing as someone who's been set free seeing as someone who has been redeemed, seeing as someone who, through the sacrifice of Jesus Christ, you have experienced all the goodness and grace that God could ever pour out on you. So, God, we thank you. We thank you that you have done this. You have saved us. You have redeemed us. You have made us new. I thank you, Jesus, that we are alive because of you today. Thank you, Jesus that you experienced the wrath of God so that we can experience the grace of God. You experienced uh, separation from God so that we can experience family and relationship with God. You have taken up our sin so that we can take up your righteousness. Thank you, Jesus Christ. And I pray, God, today that we walk away a little more encouraged and excited because of the sacrifice you made for us. Thank you, Jesus. I pray this in your name. Let's stand. Let's worship together again.
4: Savior of my ruined life, my guilt and cross laid on.
1: God, because of your sacrifice, because of how you laid your life down for us, I pray, God, that we do see that, receive that sacrifice, and it changes us exactly how that line ended so that all of our days will bring glory to your name. I pray, God, that you'll do this in your people here today as we see and receive and rejoice and celebrate the gift of your life setting us free and making us new. We love you. We pray this in your name, Lord. Amen. God bless you guys. We love you. Have a great week.